One of the joys of my priesthood is, you've heard me say before, is having a chance. The most joyful time of my life was in seminary and sharing that with you. Now, when we go to seminary, we have several courses on scripture. And I had many courses on Old Testament, Pentateuch, uh, the writings, the epistles. But we also, when it comes to the gospels, in seminary, they split it up. You have the synoptic gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but John, which we just read from, is treated all by itself. The Johannine uh, writings, like the uh, letters and the gospel, uh, are very rich. They're deeper uh, in many ways. <clears throat> we are today reading from the gospel of John. And I can remember few passages, there may have been a couple, where we had more discussion than this one. The reason why is it's so misunderstood. If you were to pull most Catholics and even non-Catholic Christians, they would say, oh, the simple message to this passage is you can't judge anyone. Actually, far from it. Let's look at this passage as I go back to my seminary notes and reflected on this, and I wanted to share with you. The first question that I always ask is, where was the guy? You know, they bring the woman, the poor woman there, and say she was caught in adultery. Well, it took two people. How come he's not being brought up on charges either? But that's for another topic of another homily. Anyway, the goal here was they wanted to trap Jesus. It even says they did this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against them. What kind of charge would they be bringing against Jesus? All right, here's the point that I didn't know till seminary, and I think it's fascinating. He says, the Pharisees say to him, what should we do? They give him two options. Now, if he says to stone her, they will report him to the Roman authorities for being a criminal. Why? Because Jews were not allowed to administer capital punishment under Roman rule. So if he says, stone her, he's broken the Roman law. And he himself will be brought up on charges. So they said, should we stone her? If he says yes, then he's in trouble with Rome. If he says no, then he's in trouble with the Jews because they will see Jesus as a false Messiah going against the teachings of Moses, which was a capital crime to the Jews. So if he says yes, he's in a capital crime to the Romans. If he says no, he's in a capital crime to the Jews. It's the perfect trap. So what happens? Jesus avoids this entirely and gets them to walk away. How? No, believe it or not, it's not really, according to our discussions in seminary, it's not really because they thought they had sin. These were the self-righteous Pharisees. They probably didn't think they had sin. That's not why they walked away. It's kind of fascinating. They walked away, they stopped, because if they stoned her, they would be the criminals in the eyes of the Romans. So Jesus is basically saying, okay, you do it if you have no sin. Basically, he was saying, you make the decision. And then they're like, well, we can't stone her because then 
we're going to be in trouble with Rome. We'll be convicted. Now, they couldn't blame Jesus because he wasn't telling them to do it. He was saying, if you have no sin. See, the point is, he believed they had sin. So this is a little different than what we first think when we read it. Remember, he said he is without sin cast the first stone. But now, by walking away, the Pharisees made it look like they were sinners. So Jesus will get us in the end. And I don't mean in a bad way. Humility. So this is what's going on. So guess who walked away first? the eldest. I think that's because they went away. He went away first because it's always said that the eldest are the wisest. The eldest are the wisest. We have a good friend of our Marian community here in the front row, Mr. Ed Miller. And when I came to the Marian Fathers, I had a little experience in business. Ed had a lot. So I would go to him as kind of like an elder, because we would seek wisdom. And it was this wisdom of these elders that said, you guys are out of your league here. Kind of like Ed told me a few times, <laughs> brother Chris, you're out of here. You're out of your realm here. And that's basically what the elders are saying because they walked away. Now, what did Jesus write in the sand? This is interesting. We don't know. It was probably symbolic, but some say he wrote the sins of the Pharisees. And this is why they walked away. But St. Bede, he, he said, St. Bede said, Jesus bent down twice, if you notice when I read this. Jesus bent down twice to write in the sand. Now, here's what he says. This teaches us to, be, to bend low in humility both before and after addressing the faults of another person. Even Jesus did this. We are so quick to jump on everyone. We live in a culture today that allows everything but forgives nothing. This cancel culture, we live in this free reign society. Do whatever you want. Do what you want to do. Do what feels good. But then when it's discovered, this world forgives nothing. You are done. You are done. And so our Lord, twice, he bends down. This is what... The saints tell us, bend down in humility before you address someone and after. If we do this, we are being just and merciful. So in other words, not self-righteous. Now, Jesus does not condemn, nor does he condone this woman, her sins. He forgives the past, but challenges her to live purity in the future. This is mercy and justice. I always wondered when I came to the Marians how mercy could equal justice. And when I was in this seminary class, the 
extensive discussions we had on this passage, it made sense to me. This is how mercy equals justice. The mercy of Jesus to forgive her, but the justice in telling her, now go sin no more. In other passages, Jesus says, or something worse will happen to you. This is mercy and justice. You know, I've said before in my other talks, does Jesus love you the way you are? I've had a lot of people come up to me, Father, I don't go to church. I really don't need the brick and mortar of a building. I don't believe in confessing to a man. Um, I'm living, you know, um, with, with my girlfriend. Um, we're not planning on getting married. Um, you know, it's just not for me. We're having relations, but Jesus loves me exactly the way I am. Is this true? Yes. Yes, Jesus loves you the way you are. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He is constantly challenging us to get better, to be better. It's like an athlete constantly challenging us. We had a high school football coach that was like nobody I ever saw before. It, he never accepted status quo. It was constantly, we could run that better again and again and again, run this drill again and again and again to the point where guys were vomiting. But boy, when game time hit, the game was easy compared to practice. And so this is what the message is. Now, yes, Jesus loves us, but he says, go and sin no more. That's the part people forget in this passage. Well, Jesus says not to judge her. No, we don't judge the person, but we judge the actions. Jesus never said what she did was okay. In fact, he said, go and sin no more. This is a work of mercy. It's justice. Don't do it. But it's a work of mercy. What work of mercy is this? Admonish the sinner. The one that our society does not allow today. Because you're being judgmental. No, we judge the action, not the person. Only God judges the person. Because remember, a mortal sin, the only way you're lost is to die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And the only way that your sin is mortal is if it has three things, grave matter, knowledge, and free will. Now, none of us, not a single person, could say if another person's sin is mortal. People get so angry with me on this one. Please listen to church teaching. I can judge objectively if a sin is grave matter, okay? A certain sin objectively is grave matter. Yes, I can judge that. You know, severe slander, um, you know, missing mass with no reason on a Sunday, a sexual impurity. These are all things that I can easily say that's grave matter, but I can't say if it's mortal, even abortion. We cannot say abortion is a mortal sin. Everybody's like, Father, you're nuts. No, abortion is severely grave matter. But do you know if that woman has free will? Do you know if that woman has her husband or boyfriend threatening to kill her if she doesn't get the abortion? 
Do you know if this man who got her pregnant and they, they, that she was scared or she was raped and says that, that this guy comes back and says he's going to kill her? He's a boyfriend and he says, I will kill you if you don't have the, ba- if you have the baby. Does she really have free will? Does she really have it? Maybe this, this boyfriend is a, is a, you know, uh, a, a really bad man, like I said, and, and, and rape her or hurt her and, and tells her she wants to have the baby. Church teaching is we always have the baby, even in those cases. But we can't say she's in mortal sin. She's in grave sin. Whether or not it's mortal is up to God. So please don't be judging if somebody's in mortal sin. That's what Jesus is saying here. We don't judge the person, but we judge the action. The action is grave matter. Any abortion is grave matter in any case. But we don't know all the circumstances. Now, she doesn't just blindly accept. Okay, here's the thing. Most people... Like I said, see this passage. Jesus is not just saying, don't worry about it. He's challenging her. And it's the same with us. Now, this is both mercy and justice. And it is with us too. Why? Okay. His justice, and this is funny. Jesus is both justice and mercy. We said this. In this case here and also with us but his justice is giving someone what they are due. What is justice? Justice is not an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Justice is giving someone their due. That's why people who reject religion, I'm not into organized religion, are denying justice to God. Religion is the virtue of justice, something else I learned in seminary. Because coming here to religiously worship God is giving him his due. God is due our worship. And in religion, we come and give God our worship. This is justice. Justice is giving someone their due. So when a sinner is sick, when anyone is sick, let's not even say a sinner. When anyone is sick, they are due a doctor. They have a right to be healed So, when someone who is a sinner is sick, not just a sinner, as I said, somebody who is sick, they deserve a doctor. And same with the sinner. How do we know this? Sean's going to read it in St. Faustina. The greater the sinner, the greater the right he has to my mercy. That blew me away. Even the guys in seminary, I remember bringing that passage up to St. Faustina as I was in the seminary class. And I remember some of the Dominicans, God bless them, but they're very, very academic, very literal. And I could just see some of the Dominicans shaking their head. Like, eh. This is the words to St. Faustina. All right, so here we have, he set the example for us. Condemn the sin not the sinner. That's the message here. Love the sinner, hate the sin. St. Augustine, right? We judge actions, not the person. All right? This whole thing going on right now in the world, this is it. You know, Jesus, who is without sin, doesn't even condemn the, the, the woman. 
Isn't that something? Here's Jesus without sin who does not condemn the sinner, whereas the people with sin condemn the sinner. How ironic. God's infinite mercy should move us always to have compassion on those who commit sin. It's funny because I have several employees that come to me for confession. God bless them. And one of them said to me the other day, it was kind of funny. She says, Father Chris, you're really, you're, you know, you really hold us accountable. You're really kind of tough with us in meetings and assignments. But you are so easy in confession. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But that's the point. None of us should look at a sinner without compassion because we are too. So the reason is because we ourselves are sinners in need of God's forgiveness. So to finish, this woman was probably, and this is probably one of the things I most remember about our seminary discussion. I, 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 this had to think about. This woman was probably most afraid when Jesus said, who is sin or without sin, cast the first stone. Why do you think she would be really afraid then? because she probably knew that Jesus didn't have sin. So he was going to pick up the stone and stone her. How many Catholics think this? How many Catholics don't come to church anymore because they think Jesus is going to throw that stone? So Jesus said, whoever's without sin, throw the first stone. He was without sin. He could have thrown the first stone. She's probably scared. That's why many of your loved ones don't come to church. You know, the number one reason people gave in a Pew study why they don't go to church? Fear. The number one reason people don't go to church is fear. They're fearful that Jesus is going to cast that stone. I remember one guy said to me, if I walked into a church, the walls would melt. You think your sin's greater than God's mercy? No. So many people think that, that he'll cast this stone. This is Jansenism. Don't think that. All we have to do is ask for mercy. This is what's coming up in a couple weeks. Don't miss it. You're going to get the ultimate spiritual shower, Divine Mercy Sunday. All we have to do is ask for mercy and all the other sins are forgivable. The only unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit, is not asking for God's mercy. You ask for God's mercy, every other sin is forgivable. His mercy is his greatest attribute and you are going to get it on Divine Mercy Sunday, overabundant, undeserved, unconditional. So this to me is an incredible passage. And you know, in fact, Trent determined at the Council of Trent that this passage should remain in the Bible. Did you know that they took this passage out of the Bible? There was a period of time where scholars and scribes were removing this passage from the Bible. Kind of sounds like Martin Luther. They took it out in some cases, some of the scribes, and St. Augustine said the reason is because there were doubts raised about this passage because it showed Jesus to be so merciful that some rigorists thought it would lead to a relaxation of moral standards, thinking, well, now I can do whatever I want. Jesus will let me. Uh-uh. Many copyists suppress this passage in their manuscripts because of this. Jesus is too merciful. No. 
Jesus, Jesus is not letting go of justice. Yes, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. So it should be pointed out that we should never act in such a way to view God's mercy without forgetting his justice. Nor should we attend to his justice and forget about his mercy. I know many people that fall in that category. Justice, justice, justice. There's no mercy. Others, mercy, mercy, mercy. I can do whatever I want, no justice. No, we have to realize Jesus brings them together. Sorry for the long homily, but you haven't heard me in a couple weeks, so I gave you a double dose. So God bless you all, and remember the meaning of this passage. God loves us the way we are, but he loves us too much to stay that way. His mercy forgives the past, but his justice wants to keep us out of the fire in the future. This is a beautiful passage. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.